It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 838 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, December the 3rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And also, please make sure you're finding the show on your favorite podcast provider. It's very much appreciated when you leave uh, ratings, reviews, and the like. So thanks in advance for taking the time. And uh, please do so as well for all of our other wonderful Locked On Podcasts. We've got Locked On Blue Jays covering the winter meetings coming up with AJ Andrews. Highly recommend that podcast. We've got uh, Locked On Leafs covering the Leafs if the NHL ever comes back, but still going three days a week over there. Uh, no shortage of Toronto-centric shows or uh, national shows or shows covering specific teams that you like for uh, non-geographical reasons. Please go find them on the Locked On Network and subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, thanks for supporting. All right, on today's show, look. 
We often dive into serious X's and O's on-court analysis of the Toronto Raptors. The last two days, in fact, we did that, talking about some lineups the Raptors might roll out this season that we're excited to see and the machinations and how it'll all look on the, on the floor. We also embrace all forms of basketball analysis on this here podcast, and today it's a little different. We're not so much grounding our analysis in the things that we can see on the floor and the numbers and the lineup combinations and court geometry. We're talking about number mysticism, baby. Today, we are joined by a pair of wonderful guests, uh, one returning guest, Corbin Smith, a writer, uh, internet friend, uh, man who often gets New England Patriots fans mad at him for the posts that he writes. He is on today's show, along with John Wilms, who, John Wilmus, that becomes a thing, Wilms versus Wilmus in today's podcast, so you'll hear that. Uh, but John is a writer, he has done a lot of work for Real GM and Mel Magazine, and I don't know, he's all over the place. He's also an author, has a book out called Jad's Dad Milo, which is great, you should purchase it. Uh, it's sitting on my shelf right now uh, from Mouse House Books, uh, support local independent publishing, do that. Uh, anyway, uh, John and Corbin join me to reprise an old thing that they used to do on Corbin's old podcast, Take It or Break It, where... They would spend an episode every year diving into jersey number semiotics. What does it mean? What are the importance of these numbers that players are wearing? Are they suitable numbers for the style of player that is wearing them? And we decided to dive in on all of the new members of the Toronto Raptors and uh, assess their number choices and whether or not the, those choices you know, mean good things in the near future for those players on this year's Raptors team. It's a lot of fun. So fun, in fact, that we had to turn it into a two-part episode because we ran very, very long, recorded for like 90 minutes. Some stuff didn't quite make the cut uh, <laughs> because Corbin, but it's, uh, it's a very, very uh, fun and uh, interesting podcast. So I hope you enjoy it on part one. We dive into current members of the Raptors, a pair of current members in Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry before really getting into the meat of the show where we dive into the new members of the Raptors and the numbers that they are adopting as they join the team. In this episode, we address DeAndre Bembry and Henry Ellenson. Tomorrow, we get into the rest of the new guys. So uh, here we go. It's Jersey number semiotics with myself, Corbin Smith, and John Wilms slash Wilmus. Enjoy. Corbin Smith and John Wilmus are here. Uh, Corbin, let's let's, let's introduce Sorry, you, you first say? as what well. Did you say yeah, John's yeah, name yeah. Was? I am a polite person who pronounces his name correctly. We'll get to John in a second. But Corbin, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. After here's what I got up to today. I got yeah, up. What'd you get up to? Well, I today I was like, you know, when I think I'm early in the morning, I think I'm going to go down to the to the local duck pond and I'm going to spend some time photographing my pals, mm -hmm. the the ducks um daffy donald <laughs> can you take a third one Howard. all right okay all right you got it you got it uh and i but here's but i ended up waking up at like 4 30 in the morning for those who don't know kind of kind of mediocre at sleeping correctly these days especially you know because everything's a nightmare or whatever mm -hmm. and uh and i couldn't get back to sleeps but i so i left at seven and I took pictures of ducks, and I was good. And I came home, and I and I took a kind of long nap. Well, you know, four thirty a.m. is is when you got to wake up to get a photograph of Duck Man, <laughs> voiced by Jason Alexander. Oh those. yeah, yeah. I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to remember which one was Duck Man. His name was Duck Man. 
Yes, that dude. character. Yeah, uh, it just seems like it just seems like it should have been like a Bill the Duck, you know, because he was like yeah. an everyman, right? Yeah, that was like part of the sort of forgotten boon of serious adult cartoons. Mm-hmm. Katie, Katie Heindel, Katie Heindel, please stop listening right now. I know you don't want to hear about adult cartoons. Does she hate that? She really, yes. really hates them. Yeah. She really hates it. <laughs> That's so tight. I, never, I need to hear. I, I need to hear more of this take. I've just never heard anybody object more vociferously to anything than when I was on a podcast and I said I liked Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. And Katie was just like, "Ugh." Yeah, Katie hates Car- cartoons, uh, Sloan, and baseball <laughs> equally, and they're the only mm-hmm. things she hates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Corbin. Uh, welcome back, ooh, buddy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> People have been clamoring, clamoring for you since your 11-minute Hassan Whiteside soliloquy in a, on an episode last year. So welcome back. Also, yeah, that, that came from a very troubled place, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you, people. We're, we're, we're glad to have you, man. Uh, also with Corbin is, uh, again, the, the former teammate in Jersey number and analysis and a writer, an author, and an internet pal. It is John Wilmis. Wilmis is the per- correct pronunciation, Corbin. Uh, yeah, but John, how are you, man? Brand. Yeah. It's not the brand. <laughs> All right? Well, I can't well, call I him mean, Wilms yeah. because that's not my, that's your thing. That's not my thing. I'm not going to steal no, your it's, it's like a, It's like an everyone thing. Everybody in real life uh, mispronounces it too, but it's like a loving mispronunciation it's more fun yeah. to say that like it's mm-hmm. not a syllabic i honestly don't yeah. care either way it's not I like if like i called grandpa used to care but it's I not don't. like if i called you sean woody mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's fair yeah all right well it's wilms then what's going on wilms welcome to, dude, to the podcast dude, really? yes. honestly it does feel a little weird when people pronounce it correctly um, <laughs> uh, i feel good i feel mm-hmm. fine i'm working on a a, a puzzle which i showed you guys Mm-hmm. earlier uh, before we started uh, how would you guys describe what you saw in terms of the puzzle it's sort of like uh sort of like lisa frank gone legit yeah like like in the ocean though right yeah 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 wow. it was, it like, it was like a coral reef situation is that you better you better believe it can i swear on this yeah we try to keep it to a minimum but do what you okay want to do. i mm. you know all right i won't i'll save my <laughs> swears for stuff Look, that it's a corbin possible. episode so i can always just put the the little e rating and people will yeah. survive i don't explicit for, baby whoa for e x x extreme well with that uh guys welcome and thank you for uh for joining me today uh, i cannot even I... begin to tell you what an unbelievable pleasure it is sean woodley hey it's always lovely to talk to you man uh so as i was saying on take it or break it back when it existed every year before the season you guys would run through and discuss the uh the importance the meaning of the numbers adopted by players who change teams over the course of the offseason we're going to do that on a uh, Raptors only level today. Again, there's like 10 new players on the team in camp. A lot of them probably aren't even going to make the team, but their numbers still matter too. So we're going to dive into mm-hmm. that as well. Uh, before we get into the new guys, I do want to ask you guys about a couple members of the Raptors who are still around and their mm-hmm. choices of numbers and whether or not you think they are good, what they say about them. I want to ask you first about Fred Van Vliet, who wears number 23. You guys have spoken a lot on those take it or break it episodes and in other platforms about how people who wear the number 23 by and large should not be wearing the number 23 aside from an exception or two Corbin mm-hmm. is Fred Van Vliet. One of those exceptions. I'll, first off, I want to fill the audience in on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
the ultimate guy who wears 23 is Dray- is Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. It's like a joke. It's hilarious. <laughs> Cuz he I you know I was in the bathtub the other day and it occurred to me that the funniest thing about Green wearing 23 is that he is that Draymond is like best described as a sort of mix between Pippen and Rodman. But but, but uh anyway. Uh Fred VanVleet. I kind of admire Here's the thing. I don't think that most players should wear it. And I'm inclined to say that Fred Van Vliet is sort of, um, you know, he's overshooting his load a little bit uh, mm-hmm. wearing the MJ number. But although, although somebody who it doesn't make any sense is the best person to wear 23, I think that the most acceptable donning of the number 23 that is not sort of freakish is when a really small is when a small confident guy wears 23 you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. so what i'll say is do i wish he had a different number yeah but is it sort of intensely unacceptable like when frankly when lebron wears it no (laughs) like john would you agree well here's what i have to say about my perspective a little background on me Uh, as listeners of pod and raptors fans probably you probably know where fred van fleet is from right Mm mm-hmm Rock for Illinois. I've been there. Um, and let me tell you, 23 is the right number for this guy. Wow. <laughs> Just, you know, he's got a store. I don't know if it's still there or if it was a pop-up, but I think it's still there, actually. He had like a, his own store in Rockford mm-hmm. um, where he sells his branded gear. The bet on yourself shop or something or, or other. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you've if you've been to Rockford and know how much he cares about being from Rockford and what it's like there, and watch him play, particularly in the playoffs, and particularly after he gets to see his kids or a new child is born, um, you know, you understand that twenty three is a number that this guy's got to wear. Because you're, but you're you're saying it because he's an intensely emotional guy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, maybe, and, and a sentimental guy. And I mean, being that he's from Illinois as well, like, yeah, not Chicago, course, Illinois. Yeah, not, but even, I mean, everybody in Illinois probably had Bulls fever, right? I mean, I don't know how old he is. He, he's, That's a little... a, he's a Bulls fan, or he was a Bulls fan for sure. Yeah, he's like but 26. He's, he's... Yeah, he wasn't like there during the peak or anything like that. No, so he yeah. doesn't. I'm just going to be frank here. He doesn't get it. But, um... <laughs> Like he's a Bulls fan in in the way that normal people are fans of basketball teams. He wasn't there. I was to be clear. I was barely there. The first repeat was something I was not, you know, mentally cogent enough to really appreciate. Um, but uh, yeah. Also, Corbin, you mentioned he overshoots. He's overshooting his load a little bit wearing the number. Like, yeah, overshooting his load is what he does. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. That's true. Like everybody said, oh my God, what are they going to do about Steph Curry in the finals? And Fred Van Fleet's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to guard him. Um, <laughs> and, and to be clear, they guarded him with a box of one. He wasn't doing it by himself. But um, I still think everybody who watched that series walked away unbelievably impressed with how well Fred Van Fleet guarded Steph Curry. Well, you know, I'm John. Glad to know. Sorry, go you ahead. You know, John, Corbin. I. Shut the fuck up, Sean. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not <fine>. unnecessary. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that... I think that sort of hearing it recontextualized through um, sentimentalism as opposed to 
my thing. I think it has me more on board with Fred Van Vliet as 23. Yeah, just to be clear, Rockford, for those who don't know anything about it, is the definition of like a, you know, austerity, destroy, rust belt, post-industrial town. Um, and yeah, it's just like a really depressing place. You can tell that it used to be a lot more bustling. Um, and just having like a nice thing, even if it's, you know, just not that big. It's not like a, a new factory or new industry came there or something, but somebody, something like Fred Van Vliet uh, and to have him so happy and proud um, of being that nice thing. It's just like, dude, put that number on, put that, put that fucking number on, dude. Yeah. I think there's a world in which like his Napoleon complex is responsible for him wearing 23, but I don't think that is in fact the case. And the sentimentality of it, I think, makes it far more acceptable. Uh, I also want to ask you guys Lou, about... Lou Williams, though, yeah. that's a Napoleon complex. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. No. Uh, no. You need to. God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we will continue the conversation and dive into Kyle Lowry and number seven and whether it's a befitting number for him in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Built Go, which is from our friends over at Built Bar and is a great way to burst through the wall that we all kind of hit at some point during the day, especially now that it's like dreary and sad outside and the sun never comes out. By the time it gets to like three o'clock, you're probably just like, I want to go to bed for the rest of the day. But you don't have to because Built Go can help you break through that wall. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack, your uh, golf bag, your gym pocket, gym pocket, the pocket of your gym pants, whatever it is, Built Go can travel with you. It is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's better for the body. It's like drinking one of those weird electric green or blue energy drinks but you get a third of the caffeine and also better results and you don't feel like you're about to fly through the roof. Three delicious flavors are available for you to try. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it works really, really well because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein, of course, is fast absorbing. It gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. And it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It's The stuff literally makes you look better and feel better. So you should get it. Built Go is also loaded with the good stuff to help ignite your work. From beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine to essential vitamins like B6 and B12 that keep you going strong throughout the day. Right now, if you visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, you're going to get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, Kyle Lowry is the other one I wanted to ask you guys about. Uh, number seven, it's not a terribly common number. 
among NBA players, NBA stars. Uh, Corbin, is number seven a good number for Kyle Lowry? Why don't you start with John on this one? You started with me last I time. I was just going in a, in a, you know, just a rotation. But yeah, sure. John, you can go first. Well, okay. Who are the most famous sevens, right? Um, Carmelo on the Knicks was seven, right? Um, what, I'm, what I'm doing here by making this list is all right, we, have to, we have to ask the question, does this number have an identity, right? Does it have a preset Brandon, identity? Brandon, Brandon Roy was a seven. No one cares. Kenny uh, Anderson was a seven. Okay. I'm just kidding. People care about that. I just, I think it's making fun of Brandon Roy is the funniest way to deal with uh, Blazers fans, even though it's true. Know, it's true. He was they awesome, get, but like, you know, they get really, really protective of that particular player. Yeah. It's like, just chill out. It's, it's fun. Yeah. He's um, our, he's our Michael Jordan, but only in the feelings he creates, not in how successful he was. Right. It's like, okay, dude, relax. Um, yeah, it doesn't have that much of an identity. I'm, for me, Tony Kukoc is one of the more memorable number sevens based on what I grew up watching. Um, Goran Dragic is a number seven. Um, I think it is a number that has kind of some meaning in, I feel like it has more meaning in baseball. Um, but uh, it doesn't really have one in basketball. It's obviously lucky, lucky seven, right? Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I think it's a fine number for him. I think the more obvious route for him to go would be like, you know, like I think Marcus Smart has the perfect number for that type of player, which is 36. It's right. Like a, like a fullback number. Mm-hmm. Um, for those mm-hmm. of you football watchers uh, in, the, in, the, in the crowd here. Yeah, this is what I know. This is more of a hockey podcast, if you know what I mean. Hey, hey. Man, we have we have the CFL, baby. <laughs> That's true. That's hard. That's hard to hear. That's hard to hear. Longer field. Hey guys, longer field. You know what they say? Longer field, longer dicks. (laughs) (laughs) They do say that. Everybody, everybody's always telling me that, and I'm like, show me the proof. That's all I want to see. And they go, no, John, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) I know they really, they really make me wrestle it out of them. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think it's a fine number. It's sort of uncanny. I kind of mildly enjoy the uncanniness of that number for him just to be clear kyle lowry is one of my favorite basketball players and uh, i actually did this historical uh draft where you had to draft two players from every decade of (laughs) basketball basically Mm -hmm. and um you know first of all my team was outstanding and uh second of all i took kyle lowry and like everybody the 30 people are in this draft you had to make 30 people making 12 player rosters so this Mm lasted for like a week and everybody in the in the chat was like, "Oh God, I wanted Lowry." Everybody <laughs> wanted because you're so yeah, easy cool. to see him playing in any era too. Like mm-hmm. he learned oh, to yeah. shoot threes and got better at that because it's this era. But it's like, imagine that dude in the '80s or '90s; it'd be so tight. That guy would have that guy would have locked down Jerry West. Imagine him <laughs> guarding Michael Jordan. That's like really fun. Oh, like on a switch. Ooh, yeah. And Jordan's yeah. trying to post him up, but he can't. Right. And, and exactly. George Carl's refusing to put Kyle Lowry on Michael Jordan right. exactly. when it matters yeah. most. Yeah. Please don't please do not mention George Carl to me. <laughs> yeah, he would he would probably be trying to put fucking uh Pascal Siakam on him and it he would make he would make everybody feel <laughs> bad. Would. Everybody who's watching it would feel bad. <laughs> he would totally do that. <laughs> He's like, no, you gotta put the length on him. He needs the length. And it's like, bro, this is not going well. Um, George, dude. <laughs> yeah all right i'm pretty sure that's what would happen but like that's sort of it's not it's like kyle lauer's not the anti-jordan right but his game is kind of in that direction and mm-hmm. i just don't feel like seven is befitting of that um 
but you know he could do whatever he wants he's kyle lowry yeah yeah that, that that's how i feel about it thank you for asking me sean that's how i feel about it uh sorry I, you you told me to defer to john and then john uh well, talked know, for a while I, I so just apologies the, i just thought i'd do the transition for you as all you know do, mm-hmm. you know do a little bit of your hosting i mean mm-hmm. is it a burden yeah of course it is but <laughs> i'm a hero what am i supposed to say i genuinely think that kyle lowry could wear any number he wants except for 23 and 32 mm-hmm. and probably 33 too uh i kind of like 33 for him actually yeah actually maybe kind of looks like two butts yeah, yeah, that's true. Too, but that's true. He's a, we know. Also, about there his would wife. be some. There would be something I think sort of perversely fascinating about being like, "Yeah, I'm where Larry Bird's number." <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just such a, like, um, you know, like John said, he could play in any era, sort of vibes with that guy, and mm. he he just contains so many multitudes in how you can perceive or utilize him that that you could you could just stick any number on him and it would pretty much make sense to me he you know you could do one you know throwing off billups vibes you could do two uh because you know he's like a dynamic guard you could do uh 22 because he's the kind of guy who's just like uh fuck it i'll take whatever number you could do you could do one of the uh fullback number you know the marcus smart number you could Mm -hmm. do one of the bizarre high numbers if you wanted to you know what though? Uh, you know what I'm really glad he hasn't worn, and he's got a weird career, right? Because he's at his best, like at age 32, he became his best self. Basically, um, this is the peak of his career, and it's like pretty late his career for that. Um, but if he, he never would have become that if he was a guy who wore zero, mm. because of the way he plays, he's 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 undersized, like. You know, a lot of those guys wear zero. It's like this weird chip on their shoulder that says, yeah. like Westbrook is obviously the definition of this. I mean, mm-hmm. if, I mean if, you, if you wear zero, you're a chaos player. Right, exactly. And he actually like refined his game in this amazing yeah. way as he progressed. But if he was zero, he might have been more of a flame out player. Yeah, I think I, would, I think I think John makes a good point here. We, I would we also add fights all the time. But mm-hmm. every time we do this particular exercise, we're <laughs> almost always totally simpatico. Yeah, we agree for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I would also add there's some nice symmetry to Kyle Lowry wearing seven after, like he directly took it over from Andrea Bargnani. Mm. And I think there is, mm. like he was on the team with Bargnani for a season. And then as soon as Bargs got dealt, he took over seven and then just kind of well, like he, well, cleansed he, he, that he, number. Exactly. He adapted the curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, would have been, it would have been so cold if he took that number, even though he'd never worn it before. Like, obviously, yeah, he just yeah. took seven because it's like, <laughs> oh, that's my number. That's what I always wear. But if he was like, fuck you, Andrea Bagnani, like, that would have been tight. <laughs> that would have been extremely cool. Weirdly, uh, he was, I think he wore a different number when he was on the Grizzlies. We have to look that up really quick. I forgot he was on the Grizzlies. God, Kyle Lowry. Just for one season. Fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. for one season. A lot of he was there for a few guy. years, wasn't he? And then it was like a multi-year oh, thing it, of it was it the, him or It was Conley. the Rockets he was, who he was on two different times then, yeah. Um, Isn't it kind of wild that caught that Lowry just like obviously ended up winning that duel? He was on. He was number one in Memphis, by the way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Then three and seven with the Raptors. Yeah, I gotta say, one to seven is a smart, a smart move for him. Yeah, I'm not a fan of one. I'm not sure if we have a one among the new Raptors. I don't think we do, but I don't like one as a number. Um, yeah, I think it could work on Lowry. 
as sort of like a I am stable mm. vision. But he's but he honestly hasn't really been stable. Like that's a new idea about Lowry, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a little bit of a digression here, but uh, Corbin and I are, are many agreed on, on many fronts in the uh, Jersey number semiotics field. But uh, one one thing we definitely agree on before is that the number one. And again, this is a bit of a digression, not about the Raptors, but is the wrong number for Zion Williamson. Oh, absolutely. A thousand, 23 would work better with Zion. Like the beefy number. It's not big enough. It's to ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's he like feels this, like an 88 to me. Right. It's it's like, get tra- the, it's as like much Char- fabric as possible. On the ba- Yeah. On the back of that jersey, it's like looking at Charlie Kirk's face. <laughs> It's true. Even his last name is long, and to have that long, long. name, yeah, no by just one there. line, it's it's. Oh wrong. my god! I forgot that we talked about this. It makes me mad. Just when it reoccurs to me, it's so stupid. It's just like Zion. You don't need to. You don't need to. You don't need to throw off on the burst vibes. Mm-hmm. No, we already get it. We've seen you jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I honestly like your number should be B E E F L O R D. Yes, or just like, seventy-eight just or straight, something. I don't know. Just go straight to the uh, Barkley tribute. Just go thirty-four. You know, like, I don't think that's the right number for him either. But it would be way better than one. Yeah. He well, probably, I do. I mean, do 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 modern NBA players want to associate themselves with Barkley though? No, but they should. Yeah. Yeah. Why mean, wouldn't you want I, to? Well, because, because he's the he's annoying spent, TV guy. Yeah, because he spent the last few years being. Uh, America's basketball TV party animal dad. <laughs> and he criticizes players a lot. And so they're all like, shut up, Chuck. But yeah. like, maybe they should just watch the film a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, but also he was literally the coolest basketball player ever. He threw a guy yeah. through a play glass window, folks. Yeah, well, <laughs> Co- Corbin and I used to do like a, a subscription-based um, nostalgia basketball podcast. You know, I think it's unfair to say nostalgia. I thought of it as sincere consideration okay okay the era, fine, but, uh, fine. And, okay fine all right all right that's fair a historical exploration basketball podcast and uh we watched a lot of we focused on jordan but we digressed in many different directions and we watched a bulls sixers game from like 1990 with barkley and like barkley was so incredible that we didn't yeah. even like care about michael jordan being in that game we were just like oh my God, would you look at this guy? <laughs> He's a freak. It's a, it's amazing. Anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, you never... know what? Kyle Lowry could have worn thirty-four. Could have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beefy enough for him too. Yeah, he feels like yeah. a beefier. Seven is like I'm, I'm totally accustomed to seven at this point, but it always felt as though it has not quite suited his play style to me can i ask, you, ask a question right. yeah what's question, up Sean? Mm-hmm. when bargnani played for their team were there always like whispers around toronto about like seeing bargnani out at the club and like and like just like this sort of undercurrent of like look bargnani sucks but he's a fucking sex machine not really no he interesting. interesting yeah the only guy i can recall that ever being the reputation about is patrick patterson fuck off yeah yeah didn't see that one coming really really milking his profession there (laughs) i've got so many years of this he's really hitting on some women who don't who don't watch the sport probably Mm -hmm. and just saying like i play professionally and going from there 
He famously missed his exit interview after his final season because he went out the night before and just like didn't show up and then Hell never yeah. appeared again in front of. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to say 100 percent on his side on this one. Hey, you know what? I agree. All right, We are going to finish off the conversation with Corbin and John in just a second and dive into DeAndre Benbreen, Henry Ellenson and the numbers they have chosen to wear this season for the Raptors. But first, a reminder that tomorrow you're going to get part two of this conversation with myself, Corbin and John. It's a lot of fun. And then on Monday, we're going to be joined by Sandy from the Dishes and Dimes podcast to uh, answer a pressing preseason question as we start that annual series. So stay tuned for that on Monday here on Locked on Raptors. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Uh, all right, guys. Let's move ahead to the guys who are new to the Raptors this season. There's a whole bunch, and we'll just kind of rattle them off and, and get what you think on their numbers. We'll get to Aaron Baines at the end because he does not yet have a number as of recording, and uh, I think that's a fascinating situation. So let's start off. We'll go alphabetical here with the new guys and start with DeAndre Bembry, who they signed over from the Atlanta Hawks. He's wearing number 95 for the Raptors. Whoa. I believe that's what he wore for the Hawks as well. But 95, I think, is a very fun number to start off with here. What do they? What position does he play? He's like a guard, small forward, like a, like a wing. Okay, okay. Kind of slide down okay, to the floor okay. sometimes mm. type situation. 95 wing. Mm-hmm. Is Doesn't he really shoot 95? at all? Yeah, yeah. He was. With, I'm sorry. Did you say? Oh, he was in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you say he doesn't shoot at all? Doesn't can't shoot at all, but can like handle it a little bit. Basically, he's like if Rondé Hollis Jefferson was a little shorter and didn't fall down all the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what he is. Is defense good? Yeah, he's very good at defense. Yeah, I was talking to today. Uh, I only as, know so much about East East hey, Conference players. That's so. fine. Um, yeah. He was he had his first media availability on Wednesday and was talking about how much he gets angry when people score on him, and how he's really excited to learn how to take charges from Kyle Lowry. Ninety five is mm-hmm. a good number for that. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that it's a good unconventional skill set number. Yeah, I think yeah. it's um. It works really well in Toronto as well because it's like a hockey ass number. Like that's like the third uh-huh. line winger on a hockey team number to me. And a Bem- winger, Bembry's, oh, Bembry's going to be winger? taking there's... over uh, Patterson's corner at the club. There, are you, are you telling me that there's uh, that there's hockey players who can fly? Yes, of course. Yeah, interesting. They, interesting. they play for Philadelphia. Uh, Ugh, boo, uh, boo. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, um, don't let Kyle Lauer hear that. Oh yeah, so, I'm sorry, Kyle. Please, <laughs> sir. Please, please, sir. I have a family. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, good number. Good number. Like Evan Turner should have tried 95 at some point in his career. You know, mm-hmm. totally with you there. Evan Turner yeah. always had like 
numbers that told you he was he thought he was better than he was. Are yeah. there other ninety fives in league history? Windows. Thanks. <laughs> Let's look it up. NBA yeah. players who wore ninety five. I have the um, basketball reference thing up here right now. So, uh, oh, he's only the second one, and they're both active players. Juan yeah. Toscano uh, Anderson is the other one. Yeah, mm. was I think a fringe player was a fringe player on the Warriors last year, who were the worst team in the league. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ninety five is most assuredly Bembry's corner here. This is <laughs> this is a, his his real estate. Um, yeah. I like the fact that he's staking it out. Um, hmm. I, to be honest, I haven't really seen him play that much. Um, so he's really got to earn it, I think, because if you wear a number that nobody else wears and, and then you flame out memorable, it's like, come on, dude. I also yeah, want to mention if, if you're wearing a number in the nineties and you can't defend, you got to change your number. Yeah. You got to get the yeah. fuck out of here with that. Yeah. There's no Civ who's like, uh, like watching dudes blow by wearing 95 that, yeah, I, no. No. I mean, probably Juan Toscano Anderson, but who's to say? I didn't watch any more of these games last year. Um, all right, we'll we move on to the next guy after DeAndre Benbury. Good number, good number. Um, so I want to ask you... That, sorry. Real yeah, what's up? Yeah. 95, the higher up you get um, with numbers... I'm sorry, this is not true, but there are a number of prime numbers in the 90s, mm-hmm. and it would be a big problem if you tried to wear one of those. Like That's a 97? That would be a huge problem if he tried to wear 97. John, I'm going to need you to tell me why. Yeah. Just, there's no way you're ever going to earn that. Like, um, like Rodman was 91, and that was perfect, right? Because Right. Um, and, you know, Jay Crowder's up there in the 90s. is the only other player I can think of off the top of my head who's a 90s guy. But, you know, he's 99. That's divisible by three or three, mm-hmm. nine, 11. Like, you know, he's 9-11, hey. Um <laughs> You can edit that out if you want to. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but like Bambury is not. I Canadi- four, Canadian, Canadians actually don't know what you're talking about, John. Yeah, he's, he's four <laughs> years into his career, and I barely know who he is. So if he was trying to make a claim on a prime number, I'd be pretty mad about it. That's all. Yeah, ninety-seven is an extremely hockey number as well. Like that's the number yeah, that the I'm best really... player in the league wears right now. And who's the best player in hockey? Connor McDavid. Where does he play? He plays for Edmonton, so it's probably why you don't really know who he is. I just don't know who any hockey players are. That's also entirely fair. That's kind of hockey's whole problem. I, I know <laughs> I know about Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. And he was 87, which... Oh, oh that's good. That's the other one I know about. Right, right. We're going to get yeah. to his number with someone coming up in a sec. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right. So we did DeAndre Benbury. Let's move on to Henry Ellenson, who the Raptors... Henry Ellenson is a author-ass name. <laughs> it really is. It, I, you know how our, our friends Joey and Sean do the like the name game after every draft as to whether or not someone's going to be a bust. Yeah, Henry yeah, Ellenson yeah. might be the bustest name of all time. Yeah, there's just no way that dude was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Henry Ellenson is like like in Mad Men when Ken Gos- Cosgrove goes to a pen name so that he doesn't get <laughs> he doesn't get smoke at work for publishing short stories. Like he was choosing between what he chose and Henry Ellenson. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Um, so Ellenson was on the Raptors G League team last year. Uh, is now coming to camp. Uh, I don't think he's going to make the team, but he's wearing number forty-four. He's a six-ten center. Whoa! He averaged like twenty-one a game for Raptors nine hundred five last year. So that's something, I guess. Um, what is forty? Let's start with Corbin. Forty-four is an aesthetically disgusting number. 
No, no, it's not. Yeah, I disagree yes, there. I think I, I think no, number symmetry is. in general is almost never disgusting. Is it dependent no, on the font that not, each team 40, uses? Maybe forty-four is not number symmetry. If you split it down the middle, it's two things looking in the same direction. It's number symmetry. It's not. It's not. It's like a number it, side eye. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not aesthetic symmetry. It is a side eye. Symmetry. Is that the kind of energy you want on your basketball team, Woodley? I mean, having one eye? guy with that doesn't hurt. I think probably, like you don't want that end of sixty-six. Probably, that's, wow, that's you bad. seem really, you seem really convinced of this. Look, I'm not the professional when it comes to. Thank you, this. thank you. That's so true about me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I just can't vibe with forty-four. I, you know, I think that I think that when you say it out loud, it sounds goofy. Uh, as I said, it looks like a side eye, which is horny, but. But but like side eyes are horny, of course. We all believe this. But there's something about pronouncing this goofy number 44. Yeah. <laughs> and along I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. Horny side eye energy. I don't it just seems like it seems like a clown is trying to fuck you at the club. <laughs> seems like you're stalking for Patrick Patterson. <laughs> At the club, and then a, and then forty four comes up to you, and he's like, "Hell, look at this magic trick I'm doing!" <laughs> like, I just don't buy it. And like, you know, it sounds like he's super fringy, too. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I just it seems like bad energy. Seems like a guy who might not be taking his career seriously. Well, how about this? Uh, here, looking at past forty fours, <laughs> looking uh-huh. at past forty fours for the Raptors, you have Hubert Davis, John Wallace. Derek Dial, Corey Blount, I'm sorry, Spencer Bonsu, and Derek of course, mm-hmm. but the, okay, I, those none of those names are compelling to say 44 is good. But the most recent 44 for the Raptors before Ellenson is Chuck Hayes. Oh fuck! Yeah, and I know you love yourself some Chuck Hayes. How could I you do not love Chuck frankly? Hayes? Does this change your mind at all? I'm going to need John to talk for a while. Yeah, sure. John, go ahead. Yeah. Well, look, what do you have on 44? First of all, I'm looking through the history of 44. I just think it's pretty unremarkable overall. Um, for some reason, I feel like it's a, uh, a good number for a stretch big. And that's obviously what Allenson's potential value is. He hasn't achieved it. Um, but that's what he was supposed to be when he was drafted, right? Stretch big. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, he hasn't really achieved that. But I'm looking through the history and you want to hear something that's just like really depressing. Sure. Always. Always. First of all, did you did you even know that Jeff Teague was at one point on the Pacers? I f- no. <laughs> that that alone is depressing. I think Jeff Teague uh-huh. in general is depressing. When then, was like, he on the Pacers? 2017, and he wore 44. What? Shit. Yeah, Jeff Teague wearing 44 on the Pacers in 2017, and no one remembering it is just like. It's like a tree falling in a forest. Look, look, I'm just look, I'm just saying, John, you're telling me that the vibe of wearing 44 on the Pacers isn't like you're not taking this seriously, Jeff. No, I'm, I don't. No, first of all, his name's not Jeff. It's Henry. Um, you're getting your, you, you know, yeah, you were you were on the right track because his name is Assonant Henry Ellison, but it's not mm-hmm. Jeff Ellison. That's no, okay. That's true. That's true. That's go ahead. Henry. Go ahead. But uh, Sam Perkins wore 44 on the Mavericks. That's a good, that's a good, like, you should try to be that kind of guy player mm-hmm. for Henry Allenson. I think that's fine. Uh, Danny Ainge wore 44 on some of his stops <laughs> in the league. Who actually just, just like with that. the Celtics. Mm. You know, people hate Danny Ainge, and I do too as a general manager, but, like, he's a really good player. You know, who, yeah, my, uh, you know who really likes Danny Ainge is uh, my mother. 
I know you told me this before. Toronto yeah, Blue Jays hey, guess legend, what, John? Danny Ainge. Guess what, John? There's another person on the show. Oh, yeah. Who? Woodley? What about yeah. him? No, no. It, yeah, he was teaching me something that you would already know. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. We're, getting, we're getting into <laughs> uh, personal navigation here. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Sean Bradley wore it. That's kind of a curse, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's cursed. It's pretty cursed energy. Did you know mm-hmm. that the Moses Malone was uh, brought back to the Sixers toward the end of his career to mentor Sean Bradley? Wow. Oh. Can you imagine Moses Malone trying to mentor <laughs> Sean Bradley? Just like this big yeah. pipe cleaner. And uh, he's like, well, here's what you do. You knock a guy over. You use your body. And he's like, oh, wait, you have, no- you have nothing. You just get here, muscles here, here. like mine. Here. And you're uh, let good. Let me show you. Let me show you. And then he posts up on Bradley. He drives he into him. him once. Yeah, he kills him. Bradley <laughs> Acc- he accidentally out. murders him, backing into him. <laughs> yeah. Bra- yeah, he paralyzes Bradley. Yeah. Oh, Derek Coleman. That's a notable 44. Mm. Um, I think that, to me, looking this over, Derek Coleman is the 44, actually. Um, and, I mean, obviously, that level of charisma and on-court creativity is certainly outside of the realm of possibility of Henry Allenson. Um, but uh, I think it's it's just a fine and unremarkable choice for a you know aspiring stretch big. Yeah. All right, that is going to do it for part one of today's show. Big thanks to Corbin and John for joining the show, and uh, you'll get more of them on Friday, so stay tuned for that. Again, as we dive into the rest of the dudes who are adopting new new numbers for the Raptors this season, Alizé Johnson, Yuta Watanabe, Alex Len, Aaron Baines, all that good stuff, so stick around for that tomorrow. Uh, until then, subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's much appreciated when you take the time to go ahead and do that. To wrap up today's show, we're going to get to our local business of the day, which is Frere du Nord, which is a uh, clothing operation out of Oshawa, Ontario, sent in by a listener. I don't have the listener's name written down right now, but they make really good stuff. They have sweaters, they got cardigans, pretty much everything you could possibly want for sitting around at home during quarantine. They make it. It looks very comfortable. They got like sweatshorts and stuff like that as well. They're, again, based in Oshawa, 45 Prince Street in Oshawa, but you can order at www.frerdunord.com. Canadian fabrics, ready to wear, made to measure, bespoke sweats is the description of Frere du Nord on their Instagram page. You can follow them there on Instagram, Frere du Nord, all one word. And uh, go support them. Local businesses making sweats. Uh, what is there? There's an amazing looking robe that I'm looking at right now that they're offering. I uh, highly recommend checking them out if you are excited to sit in your sweats all winter long as we wait out this stupid virus. So shout out to Frere Nord from my hometown of Oshawa, Ontario. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.